Hey everyone, welcome to the Nintendo Fuse podcast. This is an interactive podcast where we just talk about Nintendo uh, with the staff of Nintendo. Uh, you can join us live in the chat uh, to um, talk about Nintendo with us, and, and you can join us in the chat and YouTube. Uh, this specific uh, version of the, this podcast is actually not on TalkShoe or normally on TalkShoe um, every month, so you can join us in the, that chat room as well or call in, but we're just going to do uh, Google Hangouts this time. Um, so all the details to join in on the podcast are on our website, nintendofuse.com, so you can check that out. And today we have a lot to talk about regarding Nintendo's uh, future and to talk about that with us, we have uh, Greg. Hey, everybody. How's it going? And we also have Barry. Hello. So, Hassan, uh, unfortunately, can't be with us today, but that's all right. We're still going to have a lot to talk about, just with the three of us. So, I don't know about you, but let's jump right in. Um, there's been a lot of speculation uh, all over the past year or so, ever since Nintendo uh, announced that they're working on their next console, um, this codenamed NX, and we've been talking about when it's going to come out, and we've you know, been speculating a lot, covering a lot of rumors. In fact, our last podcast was just about the rumors, but uh, we finally got some news straight from Nintendo, their latest uh, financial briefing, and they've kind of told us a little bit about this uh, next console, but we're going to we're going to hold off on that news real quick because there's some other things we need to jump into and talk about first, and that's mobile. Nintendo's been, hey, they finally went mobile this year. Um, have you guys had much time to play around with uh, Mitomo, their first app? Oh, definitely. I still log on practically every day. There's only been a few days where I haven't played as much, but I try to at least get all the platinum points that I can each day. Cool. Yeah, it's been part of my routine now, every morning and every night, just to make sure I log in, do what I need to do to get the points, make sure my wife gets the points, check with you guys, and then that's about it. Cool. So they they developed this with uh, the DNA company, that D-E-N-A. Um, do you think they did well with their first app, this first their first outing? Um, is this Was this a good start for Nintendo on mobile? I think so. I mean, it, they just needed something simple just to keep it going and everything like that. I mean, it, obviously, we would have liked to have like a Mario game or Zelda or something, even whatever, but I think for what it is, it, I think it works pretty well. I think it's smart. Uh, I was never really interested in when it first was announced. I don't think many people were. I was like, oh, great, another Facebook. But it's unique enough. Uh, it's nice to see them use, you know, Tamadachi Life and build that as a franchise. And mobile games, for the most part, are very, very shallow experiences. I mean, you can get the console ports that are really good, but ones dedicated and designed for touchscreen, they just seem to be very shallow experiences just trying to get your money. So this does not actually do that. This allows you to mess around. There's the Mitomo Drop, which is a neat little game. And, uh, you know, it does what it needs to do. It introduces people to Nintendo. It introduces them to... Uh, talk to their friends and weird questions. Some of them are just really weird. Some of them are just interesting just to get the chat conversation going. But I, th I think they did well, especially considering they're not shoving microtransactions in front of your face every single moment, and you could very easily use this app and never spend a dime. 
Yeah, it's true. I've I've never felt like I need to spend money in this app. My wife, however, uh, is loving the fact that she can dress her me um, up, and she's always wanting. I need more coins. I need more coins. Um, but she hasn't spent money yet on it. But she's she's loving it because she's always wanted to dress up her me like on Wii or or 3ds and everything. But she's never got that chance. So now that she finally has that chance. Um, so that's pretty cool for her. I've, I've been trying every day as well. I think the coolest thing is um, what they really touted it is, like, this is a way to talk with your friends about things that you maybe normally wouldn't talk with them about, like with the prompts. Um, it's really been able to kind of generate some conversation over random things. I just wish that I'd see more questions. I feel like I've almost begged check, checking it every day, I almost feel like I've seen the majority of the questions that they give me, or either that or I've, it's just not randomly generating them enough for me. Um, have you guys seen a lot of questions, or do you feel like the same way, like you feel like you've gotten them all so far? I don't know. I would say initially I felt like I like, saw a lot of the same ones, but I felt like, especially these last like two or three days, I've seen some ones I've never seen before. Like I think just this week I was like saw the one where like, Oh, what's your favorite thing about dogs? I mean, I know the cat one was that was super popular when it first launched, but I like I didn't know there was one for dogs, and then it finally like prompted me, and you know, it wasn't many of my friends that had the answer to that one. So, yeah, yeah I was actually going to use that as an example too. I saw that for the first time today. I was like, wait, I was wondering if that was there because there was the dogs or cats one, and there was the cats, but there was no dogs. Um, but there's like at least over 200 questions. Uh, you know, and occasionally you get the same ones, like, what did you do last weekend? And, like, it brings up your same answer. Uh, or what was your most recent purchase? So those ones will repeat, but I, I'm pretty happy with it, uh, you know, the amount of questions I've gotten. I, it just seems like uh, a lot of, by now, because we've seen over 200 questions, or at least close to that, when you go and visit people, they're usually answering questions you've already seen because you've seen so many already. Yeah. 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 So... They've done this this social thing, um, but they're finally announced. You know, they got two other games on the way for this year, and these are actually going to be actual games. They've they've announced that they're going to bring out two of their really popular IPs, um, Fire Emblem, and Animal Crossing. So, what do you guys think? Initial reactions when you when you heard Fire Emblem and Animal Crossing were the two that they decided to go with. Um, is are those good choices, or what do you think? Um, well, I can say I'm very unexperienced with Animal Crossing, so I was as soon as they said Fire Emblem, I'm like, oh my god, this is going to be awesome. Um, I still am playing through Birthright right now, and I can kind of see how that would go onto a mobile thing. I just think it'll be just like super zoomed in, because it's usually like, precise, like moving a piece practically on a checkerboard kind of style thing. So either they're going to have to like make it work where we can, it's just going to be super zoomed in, or unless they're going to expand it in a different way, I don't know. But... It might just be smaller versions of the maps that we're used to, obviously, to fit more of the mobile browser setting. So, um, first reactions, I absolutely was happy to see Fire Emblem, and I uh, will almost definitely buy it unless it turns out to be some sort of like weird anime game or something that's not Fire Emblem, like core style play. Hmm. Yeah, I I think their choices are pretty brilliant. Uh, Animal Crossing is already a very casual game, and a lot of people do already lump it in with Tamodachi Life uh, for Nintendo's more casual franchises. So since they already did Tamodachi, let's bring over Animal Crossing. And I certainly can see them doing something with that, bringing it over to an NX version of Animal Crossing where you can go between 
uh, like the town on your mobile versus the town on your NX, kind of like how with the original on GameCube you could uh, use the Game Boy Advance to go to the island and stuff like that. And I think that would be a really interesting way to bridge people over. Hey, you've been doing this on Animal Crossing for a year now. You know, we'll bring your character over to HD and go back and forth. So this way, if you have to go to work and you have to leave your town, you can still play at lunch and stuff. So I, I can see that working for them. Uh, Fire Emblem, I can also see because it is very grid-based. It's not like a platformer. You don't need precise buttons. Uh, and I'm actually very happy to see because I think it's one of those franchises that was on the uh, the way to the garbage. Uh, they pretty much said if, if Awakening didn't sell, that was the end of the franchise. It's a franchise we didn't even initially get over here until Smash Melee came out. And, uh, you know, for everybody who says, oh, you know, Nintendo's just rehashing Mario and Zelda, Mario and Zelda over and over, it's nice to see them not go with a Mario or Zelda game to start out with, but two of their lesser-known franchises um, to pioneer it. Yeah, I was actually really surprised um, that they picked... I think Animal Crossing made sense to me. Um, it really did, but, but Fire Emblem was really a, a surprise to me. I, I figured they would probably do something with Mario to start with, um, just because it's such a well-known um, entity, but I, I'm glad that they did pick Fire Emblem. I think it's really cool. I think it's kind of on a rise, um, and they're trying to get it as popular as it is in Japan already and the rest of the world, and it's been picking up steam. I mean, Awakening was a great start, um, and I think the the games since then have been really good, and um, yeah, I think this would be really cool. So let's speculate a little bit. We have no idea what it's going to be like. All we know is this is going to be actual games, um, contrary to what Mitomo is. It's kind of like a social experiment sort of thing. So let's talk Fire Emblem first. What, what do you think... Um, would be a, a perfect Fire Emblem experience on mobile devices. I mean, I would think if they just kind of left it to like the how it's formatted now with the core gameplay with the grid. Um, obviously, you would need a grid large enough where you'd be able to like easily know which space you're going to. Um, I know, like with on 3DS, like you can actually like confirm the space, and then an action menu will pop up if you want to like attack or just wait or use an item, access like the convoy thing. I mean, it's probably going to be a lot of tap and click based stuff unless they're going to be doing separate motions. Like if you want to attack, you swipe in that direction or something goofy like that. Um, I don't know. I would think that they would try to keep it the same just because it seems like it would fit a mobile kind of setting, but I guess you never really know. That's true. What do you think, Barry? I think it, it would have to be very mission based quick little missions you can go in and, and you know, I can't see them having a 30, 40 minute mission, like I could see you know, 5, 10 minutes max, you know, something quick you could play when you're taking a crap or something, you know, nothing nothing that's going to be too time consuming. Uh, it, it has to be intuitive with the controls, with, with, with the touch. Uh, it can't be too complicated. Like Greg said, simple things like swiping. And they've proven that they can do touch-only type controls with, uh, like, the, the Zelda DS games where it was using just nothing but touch. And, like, some of the mini-games that were in um, Super Mario 64 DS when that came out and New Super Mario Brothers, uh, you know, they used a lot of the touch controls there. So they know how to do it. Whether they, you know, implement it correctly, I don't know. But I don't see them messing it up, especially if Intelligent Systems is working on it. 
Yeah, yeah. I would think you'd have like a max of like five or ten units. They're not going like, to go crazy and let you have like twenty because then you'll like, take. Like, I, I just hope it's not like for every step you take, you need a heart, and you get a heart every hour. And like something like that, that would just kill it. That would just be the end of it. Yeah. Well, do you think it, it will be a, a pay, you know, pay one price game and be done with it, or do you think they're going to try this freemium, uh, you know, idea or what? I got the impression that it was supposed to be like a full load, like you pay whatever five dollars, ten dollars, and you get the entire game. And there wasn't going to be, or maybe not a lot of microtransactions. Obviously, they can still do that if you want to like get extra gold to buy items or whatever it is, but. Um, I can see it being more of a just a charge right off the base. Here's the entire game. See, I can see them doing it the opposite in the sense of making it uh, free to play to start with. Like you could download it for free and you get two or three missions for free after the tutorial. And then you have to download map packs like there are now already with the Fire Emblem games. And those are, instead of map packs, they're mission packs. So hey, you like this? You want to continue 4.99, get another five missions. You like that? 4.99 for another five missions. Kind of, kind of deal. I can see them doing that. Gotcha. Kind of like a, the free to start. That's what they call all those yeah, games. Start. Yeah. I was thinking pricing would be kind of expensive because the 3DS map you get like one for a dollar ninety-nine. So if you're getting five, and they're supposed to be smaller in scale, that would Seem like a lot for five dollars. Well, I just threw that out there. It could be two dollars. It could be a dollar. I don't know what their prices. But but the point is, is I can see them doing that. So you so if you're not really a fan of it, at least you give it a shot. Where someone may not, because the whole point of them going mobile is to introduce their franchises to other people. If you're a diehard Nintendo fan, you already know Fire Emblem. You're already buying the Fire Emblem games. This is not for you. This is for the people who have never seen Fire Emblem that are maybe intimidated by it, that are like, oh, you know, I don't know if I really like that. Uh, so this is a more casual, friendly version. It has to be because it's on the phone, and that would be the best way. Hey, try it. Go through the tutorial, then go through a couple missions. Just when you're starting to get into the mood for it, boom, now you got to pay for more missions. Uh, and if you like that, by the way, Fire Emblem Fates is available on the Nintendo 3DS or Fire Emblem Awakening. Uh, go buy those games for the, you know, and see those stories too. Yeah, that's true. I kind of see that. Yeah, I think it, they've even mentioned that kind of uh, interactive commercials in a way <laughs> that uh, are for these games. Kind of get a taste of it and then like here's the here's the full thing if you want to go for it. Um, yeah. So Animal Crossing. Um, to me, seems like a no-brainer on on mobile. Um, what do you think it could look like? Will it be a full-fledged game? You think it's going to be kind of like Happy Home Designer? You think it'd be like a mini-game collection? What do you think Animal Crossing is going to look like on on mobile? I don't know. My first um, guess, what kind of was going along with what Barry was saying, I thought they did say there was going to be some sort of connection to a hardware version of the game. So I'd imagine. There's some way to like you can go in and collect fruit or collect money, whatever you need to do. In that regards, I um, I guess you could technically resume your town or make construct buildings and do anything along that nature as well. And it just kind of cross saves between the platforms. But I don't really know for sure with my inexperience with the series, so that's my best guess. Mm-hmm. I can see him doing something like Wild World or uh, maybe even New Leaf where you do have the full town, uh, and maybe with the touch screen only, you can actually build the town, kind of like taking the step from the mayor from New Leaf and, and one-upping it, where you literally can build and place, not just here's a random design, but you can place the police station, you can place the train station, you can place Tom Nooks, uh, however you want it. Uh, name your town, of course. 
and uh, just use touch screen controls like the Zelda DS games to move around. And uh, obviously the connectivity was one of the big things with Animal Crossing, was going to your friends' towns, seeing what they have, getting fruit, because you're only native, you know, you're only one fruit native, uh, villagers moving and using your, your phone to connect to other people. And, and like Greg uh, re-mentioned, there has to be some kind of connectivity because these are commercials. This is, hey, you know, come out here, see what this is. And as for, for designing the houses inside, it's going to be Happy Home. Uh, you know, Hassan has said it enough times in this podcast, and many other people have agreed, uh, myself included, that they have changed how to decorate your house so much in Happy Home. It's so much more intuitive. Uh, unfortunately, that's all the game is. Uh, so if they take that system and implement it into an actual Animal Crossing experience, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be great. Yeah, I agree. In fact, I, I've often found myself thinking that if I had Animal Crossing on my mobile device, I think I would play it more than I do on my 3DS because it's just it takes some time to like load up. It takes time to go visit all my street passes and all that stuff, and and just to kind of do all that stuff. But if I had it in my phone and always with me, I could pop it open, play it for like five minutes, and then move on. Um, and if that did tie into another game, like and it saved it in the cloud somewhere um, and like tied in an NX version or something or the next mobile version or something um, where you're always kind of playing the same village that you always have, that'd be excellent, I think. And I would be playing that game a whole lot more often than I do now. So, um, all right. Let's move on. We're going to talk about NX. Um for you guys that have already, you know what the news is. Um, I'm thinking most people already do. It's been out for a couple of days. Um, but let's just dive into the news. Let's talk about it a little bit. Uh, Nintendo has stated that the NX will not make an appearance at this year's E3. I was on my way to E3. I'd already booked my hotel. was looking at uh, the flights and everything. I was going to be there. And uh, they have said it's not going to make an appearance at this E3. And so that initially I was like, okay. That's kind of weird because I was going to be there. I was going to, I was going to interact with it. I was going to play it. It was going to be fun. Um, so it's not going to be at E3 this year. And uh, in fact, they they said the confirmed release date is 2017, March 2017. Uh, so we talked about the rumors of when it's going to be launched and everything last uh, podcast, and we finally know it's going to be March 2017. And along with that, uh, the Zelda game that we've been calling Zelda Wii U. For, uh, for a long time, uh, has been delayed one more year. It's also going to be pushed back to 2017. And uh, they said they're going to do very su- something very similar uh, to what they did with Twilight Princess. It's not only going to be a Wii, U ti- uh, yeah, Wii U title, but it's also going to be an NX title, just like Twilight Princess, and just like a lot of people were speculating that that was going to happen. Um, so the big thing is that, that not only is... Um, Zelda been pushed back. NX is not going to be at E3 this year, but Nintendo has actually decided to forego their normally their normal E3 spread of all these different games that developers and press and everybody can play at E3 and get their hands on. They're actually said no NX and no anything else. Just Zelda Wii U is going to be there at E3 this year uh, to have your hands on. They might just you know show off other things and talk about other things. But Zelda Wii U is all they're going to be have uh, have there on the show floor to play. I, I don't know about you guys. Where do we start? Um, <laughs> like when I first heard this, I was like, "Oh, you're kidding me!" Um, so I, I 
canceled my trip, and I'm not going to be going to E3 this year. Um, but let's let's start with the uh, the NX release date, March 2017. Is that is that a good time to launch this console? Um, I would think so. I mean, the 3DS came out in like whatever March, what 2011, something like that. So I mean, I think the time of year there's not really a huge problem with it. I was more surprised that they announced the date, and we don't even know what it is. So that's what caught me more off guard. I'm like, so we know when it's coming, but we don't know what it is. And now you're going to tell me we're not going to find out at E3 either. Um, so it's like you're going to want me to drop X amount of money on this, but you're not going to tell me anything about it. Yeah, that's so, true. Um, that was really bizarre to me. Um, in terms of them moving Zelda back, I mean, obviously that – Seems like they've been way too optimistic. I mean, it was supposed to launch in whatever 2015, and then it was 2016, and then here we are going into 2017. Um, that's assuming this is a hard date in March. I mean, how do we know it's not going to be holiday? <laughs> so that could even push Zelda back another six, seven, eight months again. Yeah. So I really hope that's not the case with that. That's true. So Barry, you said a lot about. Uh... 2017 being the year of an X and last podcast, you're pretty adamant about that. Is uh, is March a good time to uh, launch this, or should they wait? Should they have waited till holiday, a better time? Or what, what do you think about this March release date? Well, I was always, like you said, I was always 2017, and the reason I was always 2017 is besides the five-year cycle, which is historically what Nintendo has done outside of the NES uh, for their home consoles, is we have we don't know anything. And, and how could you launch something in six months and build that hype without any information whatsoever? And like I said in our last podcast, which was in March, I said, if April or May, if Nintendo does like a, an announcement and shows it off before E3, then it's coming in 2016. But if they don't, if they don't, and they, they show it off for the first time at E3, then 2017. So not only is there no announcement... They're not even doing any E3. <laughs> they're not even doing E3. So they're not doing anything at all. Um, so, so, so as for 2017, it makes sense. Uh, the other thing, uh, the more I've been thinking about this, this holiday is a busy holiday uh, for systems. And what I mean by that is there's the rumored PlayStation 4 Neo, there's the rumored new Xbox One, and then there's virtual reality. You know, the Oculus just came out, and the uh, HTC one just came out. The PlayStation VR is in September, and then the VR games are coming out. So there's a lot of competition, actually, this holiday, and I don't think Nintendo actually wants to compete with that. Um, so in terms of not doing this holiday, I think it's smart. As for March, the only thing I could think of is historically. There are, there are a few exceptions, but historically, Nintendo has launched their home consoles in the fall, and their handhelds in March. The 3DS was in March. The new 3DS was in March. The 3DS XL was, I believe, in March, or at least March or April. The, the GBA was in, in late spring. The SP was in late spring. The DS was late spring. Like, like historically, their handhelds have always been in the spring area. And what that says to me is that maybe there is that two-system thing, and March, we're, we're all expecting a home console in March, and it might very well be the handheld version of the NX coming, uh, and the home console may not come until the fall, 
of 2017, or they can just shoot themselves in the foot and say fall of eight, 2018, because let's <laughs> let the Wii U last a little longer. Um, but if that's the case, if that is in fact the handheld coming out, uh, and Zelda Wii U is also Zelda NX, that says something about the power of that handheld. If it can play Zelda Wii U perfectly, then that is a very, very powerful handheld. And that excites me because the Vita is a very, very powerful handheld that did not get support. And the 3DS was vastly underpowered in comparison. So if we can get something that powerful that that really works like we're all hoping that we can take portably with Nintendo's first-party handheld support, which has been excellent, that excites me. And if Zelda is really an open-world Skyrim kind of game that you can take in the, you know, the palm of your hand, that's insane, and I'd like to see what happens with it. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Um, and let's talk power, because I mean, if there, there's a lot been a lot of rumors. I mean, we talked about on last podcast about, you know, at first it was like it was supposed to be just as good uh, as the the Xbox One and the PS4, but then there was apparently rumors about it being a slightly better. Um, if it's launching in 2017, what two, three years after Xbox One, Xbox, and uh, PS4? You got like my mind thinks like it's got to be more powerful, right? Especially with these rumors of the PS4.5 or whatever they're gonna call it, um, that is you know beefing up the the PS4. It's got to be more powerful than that, right? I would have to assume so, but I mean they haven't exactly been following that for the last couple console generations. So the Wii U was supposedly super more powerful than the Xbox uh, 360 and the PlayStation 3. And now we're coming to terms that it's just like slightly better than that. So, and that was a whole generation behind. Um, so, I guess anything is really bound to happen. I mean, obviously they would want the most powerful device they can, but if it's if it's going to make them sell it at five hundred dollars, then I think they're going to go for the cheaper specs and may, maybe match it again. I don't know. There, there's a couple of things that scare me with this when talking about the power. One, it has to be. I mean, if it's less powerful than the PlayStation 4 or the new, new the 4 Neo and the new Xbox One, uh, then they're 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 dead on arrival. They're literally just shooting themselves in the foot. Uh, like you said, it's been four years. 2017 will be four years since the PS4 and the the Xbox One hit shelves. And granted, technology is cheaper now. So to make a PS4 or an Xbox One styled system now is a lot cheaper now than it was back in 2013. However, they also stated that they wanted it to be a platform. This was an expanding platform. They wanted it to grow. They, you know, and it seems like Sony and Microsoft are also taking that kind of route. So if they want this to be an expanding platform, they can't come out of the gate underpowered. They have to be as powerful as they can be. Those quote-unquote industry-leading chips have to be there. And I'm all for that. If this was a Nintendo system, 500 hours, fully powered up, I mean, I would be there whether the general consumer would be or not. I don't know. But the other thing that scares me is now they're saying that they're not going to sell it at a loss, meaning they're going to make money on every NX sold. And the Wii U, we know, was cheaper, but was more expensive because of that gamepad. If they're still using a gamepad, there's no way this thing is going to be that powerful. If they forego that and actually are giving us an actual system, um, then they could probably beef it up uh, and put those industry-leading chips in and maybe make it $400 uh, 
uh, at launch, and they'll have a chance, but they have to sell. And unfortunately, Nintendo marketing is not the best. That's true. And what do you think? I mean, if because because if they do put in these this industry leading chips, and they do you know take a step beyond Xbox One and PS4, and then it does end up costing four hundred dollars. Like by that point, like PS1, PS4, and Xbox One might you know do a price drop this this holiday especially if that's this next ps4 version comes out I could see them dropping the price of the of the original Xbox or ps4 and and then all of a sudden like Nintendo's the more expensive one and if they're already having issues selling could they sell a more expensive brand new console to people that are already pretty satisfied with their their existing Xbox and ps4 Again, I think you would have to question the launch lineup. If we're going to be seeing... Obviously, we have Zelda NX. We know that. But are we going to be seeing Mario? Are we going to see Metroid? Are we going to see like, Donkey Kong or Animal Crossing? Or like what's going to be alongside it? Or is it just going to be like Nintendo Land 2.0 or Wii Sports 2.0? I mean, it's really going to depend on what type of games are going to be alongside Zelda to help them push, make it a system that everyone's going to want to pick up. That's a good point. Yeah, if they have they have a quality game lineup um, like Nintendo normally does, then that could convince a lot of at least the Nintendo gamers to to come over. Do you think they're gonna get some new people though? Like, are they? Is this? I don't know. How would that work out? Um, well, they already stated one of the reasons they're delaying is because they want to make sure it has a good lineup. They don't want to repeat the mistakes of the 3DS or the Wii U. And they've said it before. I'll applaud them for not wanting to make the mistakes. I just hope they don't make the same mistakes again. Um, but to answer, can they sell to the new people? Can they can they uh, go ahead and bring in that audience, even at like a $400 price tag? And my answer to that is yes. And the, they would have to be smart about it. And here's what I think they can do to easily, easily bring in those people. The people they're targeting are people who do not own a Wii U. In fact, they probably also don't own a Wii or only got a few games on the Wii. So one easy way to bulk their launch lineup is to re-release NX versions of their Wii U games or make them backwards compatible, and the same with the Wii games. Uh, this way, if they already do have a Wii U or a Wii like us, uh, instantly your games can go over. If it doesn't have the disk drive, uh, then make cheaper versions, you know, put Super Mario 3D World combined with New Super Mario Brothers U and sell it for 20 bucks, you know, combo. And this way it's like, hey, you know what, I never got a Wii U and I really wanted to play Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze. Well, now I could get Donkey Kong Country Returns and Tropical Freeze comboed together for 20 bucks at launch. You know, that's a, that's an exciting fact. I mean, that's a lot of gameplay for 20 bucks, and they can do it at this point because it's that much cheaper. Uh, the other thing, which is really, really easy for them to do, is they've got the biggest backlog of games of any publisher out there. They have a virtual console. I am against digital games. Everyone knows this. However, I also know they can launch the system with 40 digital classic games for free built in right in it. You know, Link to the Past, Super Metroid, you know, Mario 64. Just get those games on. They have them. Give it to them. Or, if you don't want to give them that many games, say, hey, look, we've got a list of 50 games that are all available digitally right at the start. You purchased the system at launch. We're giving you 10 of your choice for free. Boom! It's not going to cost Nintendo anything. 
because these games already exist. They're in your your catalog. And those people that missed the Wii and missed the Wii U and want to recapture that that essence of their childhood, like, oh, I haven't played a Mario game in a while, or, oh, I remember playing Mario 64, and it was amazing, and that was my high school. They can go ahead and get it, and get it at launch for free, and play it in HD, upscaled. It's very valid, but, yeah, I mean, it's kind of questionable with the backwards compatibility, because, obviously, if I already have all those virtual console games, would those be able to just transfer over, and then I would actually have them, too, or... That'll, that all depends on the like, oh, you need to upgrade this for another dollar or another two dollars or, no, why don't you just buy it a third time after you already bought it on Wii and Wii U and 3DS already? That, that depends on if Nintendo gets their online My Nintendo structure uh, uniform, and hopefully they do this time uh, outside of that. Or, you know, if they do that, you know, here's what, here's what I would do. If I was Nintendo in that case, where it's not, and it doesn't come over, if you provide us proof that these games you purchased, here's what we'll do for you. If you rebuy them for a dollar to upgrade to the NX version, we'll give you a dollar credit back. Because this way, A, you're getting them for free to upgrade, but you're only getting them, like, it's like a gift card. So now you have to spend, so say you have five games. So you have to spend $5 to upgrade those five games, and you get $5 credit to buy something else. Therefore, not only do you get to upgrade, but you feel, oh, I'm getting also $5 worth of stuff. Nintendo's like, we just got an extra $5 out of you. Sneakily, you're getting the games back you want, plus some new games. That, that's the whole point of gift cards. That's all it is. Yep, you know, that's oh, true. you want to return this for a gift card, you have to rebuy it at our store. Yeah, I actually really like that idea. If they're not going to to sync up the accounts and make them automatically available, then I, I wouldn't mind that at all, actually. Um, of course, I'd prefer to be synced up and just automatically have them because I've already purchased them, but that's... I mean, that's a, that's a good compromise in my mind. Um, already, I was thinking, like, with the whole 3DS and, and Wii U thing, like, I've got a couple, like, several games that... Uh, Super Nintendo games that I bought on Wii and then Wii U, I would have loved to have those games, like I want A Link to the Past, on my 3DS. But I have to rebuy the whole entire thing. It'd been really nice just to like pay a dollar. I'd pay a dollar to have it on there, um, or especially you know get a credit back. But uh, hopefully they figure that thing out somehow before you know when the NX comes out, because I think, like you said, that's one of their biggest. Um, things that they got going for them is that this huge backlog of amazing games that people have known and loved and been playing for years um, and so many people don't even know about it yet. Like there's so many people that I've talked to that have a 3DS, Wii, Wii U that have no clue that you can even buy all the old games on the virtual console. They have no idea. And I'm just like, are you kidding me? Like, you like Pac-Man, you like Galaga, you like Super Mario Brothers, Donkey Kong. You can buy those on there for like five bucks. And they're like, what, really? I had no clue. So it'd be really nice if, yeah, they throw some games on there already and kind of incentivize that and say, hey, this is available. Go buy more. So, um, all right. Enough NX talk because Nintendo doesn't even want to, want to show it off at E3. So let's talk E3. Like I said, I was planning on going, but all they're going to have playable is Zelda this year. Zelda, that's it. And not even Zelda on NX, because NX is not making an appearance. Zelda on Wii U is all they're having playable on the show floor this year at E3. Is that a good move? 
I have been questioning it. I would think you would want to give the media more games to talk about because that can generate more buzz, that can get more conversations going, that gets more people excited. I mean, granted, they'll probably have their Nintendo Direct and we'll still get to see all the games, but obviously you kind of rely on people going to get their first impressions, like, oh, how did this play? Did that look good? And I would no one be able to say, oh, I played Metroid Prime Federation Force this I recommend getting this, or oh, I played uh, Paper Mario Color Splash. This game was feeling really great, and or the controls were out of whack. Don't get this until unless they correct it, kind of thing. I mean, I kind of like to read our, over our first impressions. I especially read over yours from PAX East, so I was kind of more excited for Metroid Prime now because I wasn't really giving it too much of a shot, and then it sounds like it would handle like a pretty reasonable game now. So I look forward to first impressions and that. And kind of heavily weigh my decisions. Yeah. What do you think, Barry? To me, this honestly screams damage control. And what I mean by that is we don't know what's going on at Nintendo. No one does. They're ridiculously secretive. Um, the truth, most likely, is that most teams are fully on NX. They want to launch lineup. Every team is working on NX. The Wii U is virtually dead. Um, in terms of first-party support. So what they would be able to show off, if they did their standard um, presence, they would have Paper Mario, they would have Mario and Sonic at the Olympics, they would have Tokyo Mirage Sessions, and they would have Zelda for the Wii U. And then the 3DS, they would have you know a few games that we know about, like Kirby and Metroid Prime. Uh, and they, they stated there's more games we don't know about in the 3DS, so they very well could be there. But it's going to seem like a very weak show. It's going to be like, look, Nintendo showed up and they brought like five games. Uh, and a lot of people don't even look at 3DS, sadly. So they'll be like, look, they, they just got a couple games. Oh, wow. Um, and it would look really weak. So instead, you know, especially compared to previous years where they had the big Splatoon wall and they had the big Smash Brothers section. Uh, so instead, it seems like they're just going to bank and make the entire thing Zelda-themed and, and throw their weight on that one game. Uh, as a, as a, almost like a Hail Mary, like, oh, we just, we have to fill the space, let's, let's just do this. People, people hopefully won't think about anything else, like, if they just see Zelda. Um, and, I mean, I guess it's better than not showing up, like, certain companies, like Activision, but it also depends on what they feel E3 is becoming, uh, and unfortunately some companies are pulling out of E3, like Activision, uh, big companies, and it depends. Nintendo may not look at E3 like everybody else. Like, oh, this we don't need this. Maybe they're going to bring back Space World uh, and show off the NX that way. Uh, who knows what's going on in their their offices? I don't. But that's my speculation on it. Uh, I think it's a mistake. Uh, if they if they have stuff to show off, it's a mistake. If they don't have stuff to show off, then it's a hail mary. And that's the only thing I could come up with in my head. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's. I, I thought it was really interesting. I was incredibly surprised to hear that. I mean, it doesn't. It kind of made sense, I guess, that they would hold off NX. Um, it doesn't quite make sense because I don't know where else they would show it off. It seems like historically E3 has been the place to show off a new console. Not always, but a lot more times than often than not, E3 is the place where people show off their new console. Um, and so it's been. It was just really strange that like they're going to launch it next year. We already have a launch date, but they're not going to take advantage of E3 to show off this console. And they're not going to show off all these games, but they're just going to bank all on Zelda Wii U, not even the NX version of it. Um, and so 
I think that's really interesting. I, Greg, you know, we've, we've been to E3 before. You know the size of uh, Nintendo's booth, and there's, like, tons of stuff going on. It's a huge booth there at E3. Um, I think it's a cool... I, I, I'm slightly excited about what it's going to look like because it only being Zelda, I'm thinking, like, they're going to, like, recreate um, the Hyrule Castle or something um, in that, that space, and it'd be really cool. If I was around L.A., I would definitely, you know, still go and check it out, but it's a expensive ticket just to go for one game. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think I think it's exciting, but at the same time, man, that's it's so weird. And like you said, Barry, there's a lot of different... Uh, companies that have been pulling out of E3 or changing their approach to E3. Nintendo did it several years ago when they went, they did away with their press event and instead they started doing this Nintendo Directs or their their online events. Um, what do you think? What do you think's the future of E3? Like, is this a trend that we're going to see with other more and more companies? Are Microsoft and Sony going to eventually start pulling out of E3 or change their approach as well? Um, do you think Nintendo is kind of like on the cutting edge of this, or are they just kind of doing their own thing and uh, doesn't really don't really care about what other people think? Because sometimes that's the case with Nintendo. Um, what do you think? Like, this whole E3 is is E3 going to change over the future? It almost feels like it, because it, obviously it was a big hubbub when they stopped doing like, their main event, and it became a digital event. And then they've gotten some like slack over the couple last like digital events, and obviously last year was like there, a lot of people were super upset with that one, like the way they kind of like did like the Mario Maker like theme and was showing off all the different games. Um, and obviously Metroid Prime Federation Force got a lot of uh, backlash, and. So it kind of seemed like Nintendo was slightly pulling away from it because obviously they're done doing the main show events. Now it seems like they're just going to do a single game playable. I mean, I haven't heard anything about any of their like, dev rooms that they've normally done, like the exclusive sneak peeks at an unannounced game like they did for Codename Steam and also for like the Pokemon stuff that they've done. So it really feels like that they're really just slowly, slowly inching back and will might be the first big player to be pulling back out of it. That's my gut reaction to everything that's been going on over the last few years. I mean, it seems like Sony and Microsoft have been content. A lot of people say how great their shows have been, especially like when they are not announcing games that don't launch for three or four years. So that's, I guess, the nature of the game. I guess it might be an expense that they don't want to continue with. I don't know. That's true. What do you think, Barry? Um, I don't think EA is going to go down anymore. Um, and what I mean by that, I think it was like 2008, 2009 era. Um, it shrunk. It was like it wasn't open to the public. It was just a smaller show, and it was hated. It was absolutely hated. There was riots. It was just it didn't get any type of positive feedback, and they changed the show back to what it was. So I don't see the people who put on the show letting it fall. I see them doing whatever they can to keep it up. As for Nintendo's stance on E3, even when they went to their digital event, they still gave a lot of credit to E3. They still did things like the Nintendo World Championship or the Smash Brothers tournament. They still had their Nintendo Treehouse with three days of just constant streaming and, and talking to developers. God knows what they're going to show this year if they even do that. Here's Zelda. Following next is more Zelda. Game of after that is more Zelda. We're going to look at this tree for an hour and idolize it. Um, just to kill time. Um, so 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, so they 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 have always appreciated E3, and they still will appreciate E3. And I think, you know, I I had hopes that they were going to do something else with with Adewada now that he's gone, um, in the sense that they were doing those Twilight Princess uh, diary kind of things before Twilight Princess HD came out, and they, the developers said flat out. The biggest motivation for us was when it was shown off at E3 and here in that crowd. That crowd's reaction was our direct inspiration to keep working. And I was like, oh, man, they're seeding it. There, there's little little hints here. And and in my head, I had them coming back to E3, big show floor, boom, NX, you know, here it is. We're back and we're better than ever. And obviously that's not happening. Um, yeah. But there's E3 is important because it has outs, the, the, you know, journalists outside of the gaming industry and that's what they need they need to target the people outside of the gaming industry to get the news out there because those that are obsessed with Sony or obsessed with Microsoft that are diehards it's gonna be really hard to change them maybe as a second system but they're already in that boat they need to recapture that magic they and and they need to get the message out there they need to target the 40s and the 50 year olds that now have kids that don't have time to play video games and say oh man I remember Mario as a kid Man, that would be really great to play that again. And oh, my kid can play it. I'm gonna go with that system, and and that's what they need to do. And those people were not reading IGN. Those people were not reading Gamespot or Game Informer. Uh, you know, like now Game Tra uh, Game Trailers is gone. They're not watching that. They're they're reading the New York Times or the New York Post or Time Magazine, uh, Wall Street Journal, and all these press uh, places. They they're all there. They're all covering E3 because it's that big, and that's the market they need to hit. So I can only imagine this E3 is kind of a – this whole year is just a break. Like, pretend this didn't exist. We're all on vacation, and come 2017, we're going to see the NX handheld in March with Zelda, and we're going to see a live stage event uh, in E3 showing off the console version to be released in the holiday. That's my prediction. Yeah, it, it almost seems like they're just kind of writing off 2016. They're like, you know what, we'll just keep cruising along. Well, 2017's our year. Like, we've had the year of Mario and the year of Luigi. The year of Nintendo is 2017. Um, 2016 is just going to be a wash for us. It's, it's the year of Boo, and everybody's <laughs> looking at them, so they're invisible. That's pretty much it, yeah. So um, yeah, I I don't know. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. E three um, is interesting. Like I I thought as well. Like I thought they're gonna be coming back with a vengeance. New new president gonna be really pushing, and then they pull out even more. It seems like, um, which I thought was really interesting. I I had forgotten that they brought back the the Nintendo World Championships was at E three last year. Yeah. Um, and so like that that seemed like they were gonna be making progress, and now. Are they even going to do that again? Are they going to keep bringing it back? So much is in the air. Like I, this really caught me off guard. They're like, not only are we not going to show off Ether or not show an NX, we're just going to show Zelda, and that's it. I I can't predict them anymore. I I give up. I don't know. Anybody else tapping out? Like <laughs> I I have for the past few years. <laughs> uh, they could technically use the Treehouse streams to show off some of the games they announced during the direct, but. You would think that they'd at least have those playable for the show floor, but I mean that's assuming that they're going to continue with this model. I mean maybe they weren't hitting like a certain viewership level and didn't deem it worth it. I don't know, but 
if they were doing some sort of tournament like they did for like the Nintendo World Championships or Smash Brothers, um, they would have already had a press for that kind of thing out already by now. So they're obviously not doing any sort of major tournaments or interactive thing with people that aren't fortunate enough to be able to go, like non-media types. So. You know how the past few years they've done their announcements with Mega 64, like to show off what they're doing? I would laugh so hard is if Mega 64 doesn't get contacted because Nintendo's not doing anything. So they just decided to make their own video parodying Nintendo not doing anything at E3. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past them. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm interested, yeah, because they keep talking about these online, these partners and stuff that they have on YouTube and Twitch and everything too, so... And, the, you know, are they going to keep going that route? Are they going like, to show off things here and there and not even worry about the big shows anymore? Are they just going to target the YouTube stars? Or I don't even know. Like I said, I, I can't predict them anymore. Um, so I give up. Um, so you mentioned uh, earlier, we're going to wrap it up here, but um, you mentioned earlier, uh, Greg, that, yeah, recently I went to PAX East and got a chance to, to play some games over there. Uh, Metroid, the new Metroid game coming out on uh, 3DS. Uh, initially I felt um, the controls are interesting. Um, you can read my first impressions and everything on there, but that, it was fun, but uh, the controls are interesting. Um, got to play the new Kirby game. Um, it was pretty fun. I'm still not a huge Kirby fan, but it was pretty fun. Um, and also, I've spent some time recently with uh, Star Fox. Again, controls. Oh man, that's it's it's rough. Um, I like it. It's pretty. It's really fun. But controls are something to get used to. Um, you guys been playing any games recently? Like any any new stuff? Well, I as I keep saying again and again, I'm still playing Fire Emblem Awake, uh, not Awake, no, Birthright, and I'm I think I'm nearly about completed with that. And I'll be probably picking up Time Quest pretty soon and get some uh, nice golden points on my Nintendo account. So taste the gold. <laughs> nice, Barry. What have you been playing lately? Uh, I finally got a chance to go back and play a Mario and Luigi Paper Jam. Uh, had it at launch and never got a chance to play it, and I enjoyed it. Uh, played through that. Um, Bravely Second came out, so I played through that in a week, and uh, I, I really liked it, and um, I'm going to start working on the review. Uh, and uh, I did get Star Fox Zero. Uh, I started it. I was only able to do four missions, and I had to stop because my vertigo started kicking in. Just it was the controls, the frustration, looking back and down and up and down. The walker, I got so frustrated with the walker because it's tight corridors, and I'm trying to look, and, and I'm like, oh, my God. Like I, I wanted to beat it so badly, but I'm like, I can't. Like I am literally getting sick playing this game, and I cannot due to my physical illness. Uh, so I'm, right now I'm actually playing uh, some Tales of Zestria, uh, which I am bad because I should have been doing that last year when it came out, but I'm really enjoying that so far. Cool. Yeah, I got I got a chance to play Star Fox in an R-Wing, which is pretty cool, sitting in an R-Wing at PAX East. Um, if you follow us on, on Twitter, um, you saw the picture of the R-Wing that, that I got to play in. And that was cool because it had the TV up front to the main screen and then a copy of the gamepad underneath. So it almost kind of replicated... Um, like a 3DS in a way, I had the big screen and then small screen, and um, it was easier to look back and forth between those those screens because they were both in front of me. Um, I still kept forgetting um, because it's such a new control scheme, so it wasn't as jarring there. But when I did look, you know, when I do look down at the gamepad, I, I get it. I, I don't even have as many issues with vertigo as you do, but it, it's it's very 
I don't know. It's it's going to be a tough game to play. I almost kind of feel like I need to take motion sickness medicine before I play it. Um, if I want to play it all the way through, because um, I used to go for sessions of playing the original one and the N64 version. Um, I just sat down for you know a couple hours and just play all the way through. I don't know if I can do that with this game. I just don't know. <laughs> I almost feel like they're going to put out a patch or something due to the complaints that are just going to allow you to play with a classic controller and just forego that whole thing and just play like Star Fox 64, at least on the levels that allow you to do that. Um, because that, through all the reviews I'm reading, like that's number one, the biggest problem is the controls. And you know, there's tons of people who are like, oh yeah, I got used to the controls after 10 hours of playing. It's like, I don't have 10 hours to invest playing just to get used to the controls, and then at that point I should be done with the game. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, and the hard time is, like, so even if, if, if I'm not getting vertigo or anything, um, when you look at, like, some of those ones where it's, like, full range mode or, or all range mode and you're you're firing at all the different turrets or something like that around these, these areas, so you got to, like, aim with your gamepad. Meanwhile, my R-wing is flying into things because I can't see it because I'm so focused on where I'm pointing the gamepad to shoot down the turrets and everything else that I'm attacking. I'm flying into stuff because, like, I, I forget to look at the TV because I'm so focused on where I'm shooting. And, yeah, it's... I think co-op might be the only way I could do that game, just playing on the TV. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't tried it yet, but I don't know. I, I almost, I, like I said last time on the last podcast, I almost think that you can get some arguments with your other person. Floor, don't worry. No, I want to... Ah, man. It, it could cause some dangerous scenes, I guess. We'll see. I heard so much about the controls, and that just kind of scares me, so I've been kind of staying away from it. I mean, maybe I might see if I our library gets it at some point, but it didn't seem like it was a $50 game to pick up even. Yeah, that's true. And I I, down, I did the download version, and I have not um, taken advantage of my discount for uh, Star Fox Guard yet. Um, Barry, did you get a chance to, to play Star Fox Guard? It's still sitting sealed in the box. Once, once I got the fourth mission and finished it, I turned it off and I said, I need something stable. So I started Tails and uh, that's where my attention is right now. So will I get the guard down the road? Sure, when I have a few minutes, but as of now, it's still sitting there sealed. I had more interest in Star Fox guard than I did in the actual Star Fox game. Um, I don't know. The tower defense is usually kind of hit or miss and I don't know. I don't usually get super deep into those. I mean, that was kind of how we played the Dylan's Rolling Western. I mean, that's like a tower defense game. And, you know, like, oh, I played through a number of missions. And it was kind of fun. And then just one day, just like, this is kind of boring. I'm going to stop and never went back to beat him. Yeah, I think it would be good a game, like, when I, I have a group of people over. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, I can download that now. But, like, on my own, like, I, I don't want to waste my 10 bucks, Even though it is on discount, I'll, I'll wait until I really want to play that game. And then I'll go Actually, ahead and... Cash you in. know what you can do? Uh, if you go to GameStop and they actually have it traded in, it's like $8 for the physical copy because uh, it's like $9.99, but you get 10% off. So it's like 9 bucks, whatever, there $8.99. You so you actually save a dollar and get the physical copy of the game. There you go. And I can trade it back in when I don't want it anymore. Exactly. See how you like it and then trade it in. Yeah. Cool. All right, well, I think uh, that's about it for all the Nintendo announcements and everything recently. Um, lots to think about over the next uh, few weeks and months as we approach E3, this odd E3 that it's going to be this year. Uh, do you guys have anything else to, to talk about? 
Um, not really. I mean, I did, at one point, I know I wanted to add on to what Barry was saying about like the bringing over the Wii U games. I had heard some like rumors like they were gonna have like a Mario Maker NX, and I think uh, they were gonna also do Smash Brothers for NX, like just a port of the Wii U version. But I, that was like something that would be kind of intriguing to have like on launch day for people that missed out on those games. Yeah, I've heard those rumors too, and the Smash seems like the most logical one. Uh, especially because Sakurai specifically stated no more characters for Smash Brothers Wii U or 3DS, but nothing about NX, and they're going to have over a year to be working on it. How many new characters are coming? How many new stages are coming? Uh, so who knows what they're going to do? But it just seems like a no-brainer. To I mean, the the Wii U is sold with 12.5 million units. That's that's abysmal. That is abysmal. There's so many people that have never touched these games. And they're great games. Captain Toad is great. You know, Bayonetta 2, uh, Hyrule Warriors, uh, Mario 3D World. I mean, there's so many. Pikmin 3, just amazing, amazing games that no one's ever played uh, just because the install base is just dismal. And uh, so I hope they're smart and do that, at least as padding. I don't want them to say, well, we were going to make a new Mario game, but instead we were focusing on porting 3D World because then that's just going to piss people off. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, even if they just make them all digital, I mean, it's not going to make you very happy, um, but if they just, like, port them all over and even make them digital, don't even, like, they say, you know, it's going to be too much money to release a retail copy, just port them over digital copies and uh, just say you can do that, or or maybe, yeah, if it's fully backwards compatible, throw the Wii U disc in there, and even if it doesn't up-res the game, it's still going to be in sure. you know, 1080p, 720p, it's still going to look great. They have to do something. I mean, if you think about this, the main Mario team hasn't done anything since Mario 3D World. The retro team hasn't done anything since Tropical Freeze. The the main Zelda team's working on Zelda. The the you know the Star Fox team just finished up. What are their other teams doing? What what are their other teams working on? The Animal Crossing oh, team. Color Splash. Well, that's Intelligent Systems is doing that. Uh, but Intelligent Systems also probably doing the Fire Emblem mobile game, too, for all we know. Uh, and they just did Fire Emblem Fates. So Intelligent Systems is busy. We know what they're doing, but Nintendo has a lot of development teams. Uh, we have no idea what they're working on. What's NST doing right now? We, know, we have no idea. That's true. Like, like we said earlier, th- there's no predicting Nintendo. We have no idea. So. All I know is that if they announce their digital event at E3... And it's, here's Zelda for the first time, I expected. Here's Color Splash, some more on that. Here's Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games. Uh, here's, maybe they'll show some Tokyo Mirage sessions, although I think that might come out before E3. Uh, on the 24th, the same day as uh, the Mario and Sonic Olympic Games. Wait, what day is that? June 24th. Okay, so that comes out right after. Uh, so, the, so both of those will be there. And then they show off you know, Metroid Prime uh, Federation Force, uh, and maybe some unannounced 3DS games in Pokemon Sun and Moon. And if that's it, uh, which is what I expected, it's going to be a pretty disappointing uh, overall unless Zelda really wows, just because it's stuff we already know. And the few 3DS games that we don't know, I can't see them truly wowing us in the sense that it's like, oh, my God. But they could. What has the A Link Between Worlds team been up to? 
since A Link Between Worlds. I don't even think they were behind Triforce Heroes. I think that was another team completely. So they they could have a new 3DS Zelda game, for all we know, coming out this holiday. Or a new NX Zelda game that we're getting next holiday, a 2D version as opposed to the 3D version. Because who knows? <laughs> There's so many questions. You know, everything that was announced at that, pre- at that uh, investors meeting, Zelda Wii U, Zelda NX, uh, the, Wii, the NX itself, the mobile games, none of that, we have any idea what the F it is. Nothing. We don't know when it's coming out, we don't know what it is, we have only speculations. It's literally a ghost. They are working on vaporware at this point. It might as well just be called the Phantom, because at this point we know nothing. <laughs> yep. That's true. Yeah, there's a lot of unknowns. And I was just looking at the calendar and I was like, oh, this will pro- this is our last podcast before E3. So um, maybe we'll have some more to discuss more than Zelda um, in our June episode. Uh, who knows? Maybe we'll just be talking about Zelda. Just That's all Nintendo talks about. So maybe we're going to be talking about just Zelda in our June episode too. Um, who knows? So we'll see. See, at this point is when I would say, hey, no, we should totally do an E3 predictions podcast beforehand, like we've done every year. But I don't think we need that this year. <laughs> no. I really don't. Hey, here's my prediction. Uh, Zelda Wii U. <laughs> Absolutely. Totally. I could predictions done. That's all I know. Pokemon Sun and Moon. Maybe. <laughs> but, but only in video form. No play. We can't play it. It's not going to be on the show floor. They're just going to show it. And it's going to be a little trailer of a little Japanese boy exploring a dungeon again or something. I think we'll use, like, E3 to show off stuff that's, like, already upcoming because obviously we had, they announced, like, Woolly World, like, super far in advance, but I don't remember, like, really being, like, part of E3. Yeah, they showed it off again. They showed it off originally when they started, and then they did the one where it had them uh, with, with all, like, the yarn behind them, the developers talking about it, and they showed yeah, it off The Treehouse special, yeah. And then the Treehouse special after that, yeah. So they did show it off several times. Yeah, well... Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? So uh, make sure you t- tune in to NintendoFuse.com. We'll keep you updated on all the the uh, news that we hear, even if it is just Zelda Wii U. Um, we'll be posting it up there, and uh, yeah, we'll be back uh, next month in June for our E3 uh, special. We usually, um, like Barry said, we usually kind of try to do two podcasts in June, one before and one after. Uh, we'll see what happens, but you can stay tuned to our Twitter and and uh, Facebook and NintendoFuse.com where we'll post um, a lot of things uh, about E3 as they develop, and we'll also tell you the news if we're going to do um, before and after uh, shows like we normally do, or if we'll just do an after show. So we'll figure that out, and we'll keep you posted on our social media and on our website. Um, but I think that's that's pretty much it for episode 125. That's in the books, 125. Um, it's hard, hard to believe we've had 125 episodes so far, but uh, there we go. Um, thanks for tuning in, and be sure to check out NintendoFuse.com for all your Nintendo news and reviews. And uh, until next episode, we'll see you later. See you guys. See you.